Hello, and welcome back to The Catch, a Catholic podcast. My name is Michael Adams. I'm joined by my co-host today, John Rahimi. Yes, we're back on a Sunday night. It's good yeah, to be here. we a late night podcasting right now. John, yeah, this might be the quickest. Ice cold Leinenkugel. It's so good. It's summertime. It feels so nice. I'm enjoying my ice cool Dasani. Water? Water, yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, this might be the quickest turnaround on a podcast we've ever done. Yeah, I've got about... Like, three hours hours. i got about three hours to (laughs) uh, edit and post this so we're doing it we're doing it it's gonna be great yeah i was at uh rehearsals for we have our ordinations for the priests uh tomorrow tomorrow morning so we were rehearsing about how to ordain priests with social distancing which is really difficult when you think about it because you kind of have to put the hands on the guy to ordain him so i'm not really sure how they're gonna how they're gonna do that i actually saw a video of somebody getting ordained and they did they did the hands on them still yeah, so I guess they just kind of run the risk, whatever. Otherwise, it's going to look like Star Wars or something. Just somebody putting their hands. Just <laughs> oh, like, gosh. The force, yeah. the force of the priesthood is with you. Oh, my gosh. Please don't sue us, Catholic Church, for being heretical. Never, never. Yeah, but it was, it was kind of cool to be there and to, to see those guys getting ready because there's seven of them. It's going, to be, it's going to be so beautiful tomorrow. Watch them all be up in front of their families and their friends, laying down their lives for the church. So that's going to be, it's going to be so great. Yeah, I just, got, I just got chills on that. It's beautiful. So um, yeah, I don't think there's none, no ordinations in the Peoria Diocese this year, which is a little bit sad, but... Yeah, Mick told me that whole whopping zero. Yeah, big fat zero, big goose egg this year. That's, that's tough. But hey, next year, next year. Next year, go get them next year. Go get them next year. So there's always next year, that's what they say. But yeah, and then before that, I was on a silent retreat for eight days, which was also super duper cool. Um, I was out in the woods and I found out that... I love being outside, but I hate nature. That's just a terrible combination. <laughs> it's so, I like bees. I don't know what the word is for someone who is paranoid about bees, but I am that person because bees terrify me. If I see one, if I hear one, I squeal like a little girl and I'm out like a mile away from where that was in like a heartbeat. So when you love outside, but you hate nature, do you just like being in like the city outside in the city, like walking on the sidewalk? No, I love being like in the forest. Like I love trees. Like That's nature. Paths. Yeah, I understand that, but it's really difficult. I'm just in a constant state of stress all the time when I'm outside. It's just like something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. You just wear like a beekeeper suit so you can't get stung or anything? I thought about it. I was like, this is what the outfit should be. Just a cooling unit with inside, you know, so you're mm-hmm. keeping yourself cool, but you have total protection. Also, why did God give bees stingers? What was the point of that? They use them once and then they're done? Like, well, to, don't, if don't have, I think... Pollination. I use stinger to pollinate. I don't know. Ask a bee. So if you watch the bee movie, maybe they talk about it. Yeah, he stings the guy and then he almost dies. So I was like, see, this is the whole this is the whole issue with bees. Just get rid of the stinger and you won't have this problem. That's why the bees are dying. That's why the bees are dying. I don't know. Whatever. It's just I can't handle it. Anyways, how are you doing? (laughs) Doing well. Um yeah, I had a good past week. I start my first day of work tomorrow. First Ooh. big boy job. Uh, so Tell the folks what you're doing. I am working a, at a medical device company. And I'm doing a rotational program in their engineering department. Doing some designing of medical devices. Um, yeah, real interesting stuff, you know. But start there tomorrow, bright and early at 9 a.m. Because I don't have any of my 
uh, laptops or, or my necessities for work yet. So I can't really do anything except join Zoom calls on my home laptop. Aren't they supposed uh, to send you that this week? Uh, yeah, it's, it's coming. It'll probably be here tomorrow, honestly. So I can't complain, but no, I'm excited. It's uh, definitely a big transition in life and going to yeah. be unique. It doesn't really feel like I'm going to be working because I'm at home still and my yeah, job is in Chicago. So I'm just going <laughs> to wake up, have a cup of coffee, look outside into the woods and then go to my room, log on my computer and start working. It's still nine to five. Do you still have to go all the way to five o'clock? I, bl- I believe so. I actually don't know what my schedule is concretely i imagine it's either nine to five or eight to four uh, when i was there last year interning i was there from about seven fifteen to four every day oh wow that's, that's a, that was a personal preference though thing i i wanted to get there early and that's freaking nuts dude do what if you I do to just, make money gotta hustle gotta, gotta hustle yeah i don't i don't know anything about that because Never worked. And if I could start my day at 10 o'clock, that would be great. Uh, good thing that there's no 6 a.m. masses Dude, at churches. I, I think about that a lot, actually. It's just really stressful because I'm like, I can't get up this early. I'm so dead. Although I will say, if, you're, if it's just mass, that's fine. But when there's a holy hour involved before that at like 6.30 or even 7, it's just a snooze fest. I sit down, I'm like, oh, Lord, thank you. I'm just out. Just immediate. I'm, immediately out i'm just like well that was a tough hour but then master totally sleeping fine. in the presence sleeping in the presence there's got to be some grace there there's got to be some grace right yeah. joseph was asleep and he had a dream so it worked out. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly maybe that's what we should be doing in holy hour <laughs> i don't know about that <laughs> please don't do that everyone <laughs> yeah don't take our advice we're just yeah but speaking of last summer um there's a conversation that you and i had one night real late we were sharing some cigars, uh, you, me, and Senor David McCormick. And uh, yeah, we were talking a lot about our pasts and some of the struggles that we've had with past sin, um, specifically memories associated with sins. And how do you let go of those, the kind of suffering with them and the trials that still come up from them, even if they were five years ago, six years ago, 10 years ago, heck, even 20 years ago, the way that those sins can still come up and how they truly affect and still can cause anxiety and just issues. Um, yeah. And this is something that you and I both share. That is just very difficult for each one of us to deal with. Um, so thought today would be a good time to bring that uh, fresh wound up again, <laughs> <laughs> rub some salt on it. Yes. <laughs> do it again. Uh, reopen all those wounds. Um, but really just talk about, you know, what are the, what's the purpose of us having these memories and, how do you deal with the attachment to sin? Uh, mm. There's two ways you could go with it. You know, we could, we're not going to really hit on, you know, the whole idea of, Oh, I confess the same sin every week. Like not that right. kind of, not that kind of attachment, but really the attachments to past sin and the ways that they affect us going forward in life. Yeah. It's uh, it's tough. I'm not going to lie. It's a lot of time has been spent thinking about past sins, which probably isn't a good thing, but uh, I was fortunate enough actually to, uh, do what they call a general confession on this eight day retreat that I was on um, where they basically have you spend like a day or two reflecting on and meditating on your whole life and all of the sins that you've committed. Uh, and then when you come to confession, you kind of bring like those in a more generic way, all of those things that you've kind of been doing and see the trends and the patterns of your life um, and kind of really allow God to enter into that thing uh, and I got to say, it was incredibly helpful. 
and like a really grace-filled moment to do that because I think for me it was looking at my life at least when I saw it was I had been living in the shadows for a long time because of these past sins um some that I had never actually even confessed because I was just so ashamed of them um and then or since I didn't even think they were sins at the time maybe because out of whatever you know pride or something but to be able to step out of that shadowy place into the light and then realize, okay, I don't actually have to go back to the shadows now. Like God wants me to stay right here, the foot of his cross in the light of the resurrection. So it was a really good moment to see that uh, God really does. Cause I think for me, a lot of it is, or was, I didn't really believe that God would forgive me for some of those things because they were just so bad in my mind that I had to go back to the shadowy place. I had to stay there. But being able to do that and to bring those in and to invite him into those memories and really allow him to be present there, it was like, no, I can I can stay in the light now. I think something that you and I can both relate to, and we've talked about this before, is you know, how can you truly believe that God has forgiven you if you haven't really in turn forgiven yourself for those same yeah. sins? Um I know you and I have talked a lot about just like the anguish that comes along that. And it goes from just like very minute sins, like the things that you just don't even think should bother you, but they come up and still, you know, cause issues 10 years later. Then there's those bigger sins that just come up more frequently and just put you through the ringer every once in a while. Um, but I asked this question a couple of weeks ago to good old Padre Chase. Um, yeah. We had a good little spiritual direction talk exactly about this and that was really the motivation to have this talk because i was like well if i'm struggling with this more than likely a couple other people are too um but you know the main question i posed to him is if we receive this forgiveness and if god truly forgives us you know these memories that are associated with various sins or like the anguish that's associated with these sins why don't we why doesn't the feeling of them become numb you know like why do we still have to feel the pain of these sins? And like, why do we have to suffer through these memories? Why can't they just be kind of like the things that's like, Oh yeah, that happened. Oh, well I'm over it. Like, why is it necessary that we actually struggle through these at times? And why do these memories come up actually? Like, why are they ever instigated? Like, why is it 2 AM in the morning and you're sitting in your bed, can't sleep because that one thing you did 10 years ago is just at the front of your mind. You can't stop thinking about it. Like, why does that happen to us? Why can't we just move forward? Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I'm wondering too, like, uh, you know, are there people that, that don't even experience that, that they don't even feel anything. They kind of become, they do become numb to it. And then like, how to, first of all, I would love to know how you became numb to that thing because I, yeah, I don't know, maybe just a different personality or whatever, but, uh, yeah, I think there's two sides of it, right? There's the people who like, it just, it keeps coming up and there's the ones who like, are just totally numb to it and they don't even care. It doesn't even bother them. I th- I'm thinking maybe the difference is that um, one of those persons is striving to grow in holiness. One of them is striving towards God and the other one is not. Um, and so I think in a way, and I think this kind of goes throughout life is that the devil would allow this numbness to happen. That's like, yeah, not that bad. Like who cares? Like you can, you can forget about that until like he finally gets you to this point where you do that one thing that he's like, Oh, Whoa, that was, you know, that was, that was really bad. Like God's never going to love you again for that. Like you're a terrible person. And if then like that comes maybe like you know, midlife crisis or even at the end of your life, if you've you know lived that way your whole life and it's kind of this moment of like, Oh my gosh, like so it kind of hits you because your mortality comes face to face and the devil allows that then to pop back up. 
Um, and God even might allow that to pop back up because he wants you to repent and to see the horror of your sin. But for the person that's striving towards God, I think it's the same thing. Like the horror of sin, like God allows us to see that to really purify our hearts and to see like how bad sin really is and how good he really is in, in contrast. I don't know. I completely agree with you on that one. Um, I kind of think of this kind of off the riff. Like I think of that, what they say, the children at Fatima was, I think it was Fatima, but the children, they had the vision of what hell was like. Oh yeah. They had the vision. They saw all the souls falling into there. It's like, man, why would you show a kid that? Like I'd be terrified. <laughs> yeah. Like if I was a kid, I would be screaming and crying and I'd be shaking. I'd never talk to anyone again. I'd just go mute. Um, but what, I liked what you said there. Like, you know, God allows us to see this and allows us to kind of know our mortality. Um, and one of the first answers that I got to this question was one, it's actually a gift from God, mm. um, which is kind of weird. You're like, why would God give me a gift that hurts? Like, Everyone, it's not like you just like open up a box and just someone's in there waiting to punch you in the face uh, <laughs> surprise <it's>, bam <laughs> but that's exactly what it feels like unfortunately um but you know how can that be a gift is more you learn the severity of your actions like you see the true effect of what sin is like yeah i think what you said like there's that idea of like you could just be numb it's like yeah i did that who cares like i did it whatever it doesn't matter like it's in the past yeah maybe that's true but also if you become fully numbed it, how much more likely are you to repeat that mistake? If it doesn't matter, then you're more likely to go back and do it again in the future because it didn't matter then. Why does it matter now? Um, so it's almost like God gives us this, these memories and kind of allows them to come up just to kind of remind us like, hey, remember when you did that? Remember what it did? Remember how much it pain it caused? Don't do it again, stupid. Um, it's kind of like when you do something and yeah. it hurts you. It's like, I'm going to go... It's like people who get really mad in sports and they punch a wall or just people who get mad in general. I watched somebody do that one time though. You punch a wall and it's like, oh, this is going to feel so good. Maybe so much relief. You punch a wall and you're like, I'm never going to do that again. That was the worst thing I ever did. That was just stupid. I am so mad. It's like, quote Andy from the office. That was an overreaction. (laughs) Exactly. It's like when you do something and it hurts or it stings you, typically you don't really have a desire to do that again. Yeah, you're not like out seeking that pain over and over and over again. And so it's like God allows you to feel this anguish, feel this pain with the idea that it would assist you knowing like, oh, man, I'm tempted to do this. But, oh, remember how it made me feel in the past or remember the effect it had on the people around me or remember the effect it had on this individual and the the fallout that occurred because of this sin. Mm -hmm. Hey, hey, dummy, don't don't do that again. (laughs) Remember, that was terrible for you. I'm just going to tie this back into the, the beginning here, but it's, it's kind of like bees, you know, like I've never been stung by a bee to be, to be clear. This is, I think this is kind of, I was reading St. Therese a uh, couple weeks ago and she's talking about like, she was like convinced and like her director to like, you've never committed a world of sin, which is like, Whoa, awesome. But uh, like, she, like she believed that God had preserved her from that. Like as if, um, he'd kind of cleared the road ahead of her and was like, and then like he told her, like, I've cleared the road ahead of you. And then she loved him even more for that. Like, Oh my gosh, you love me so much that you would clear the road ahead of me. Um, and so like with the bees, like to your point, if you go smack a hornet's nest and then you get stung by the bee, you're like, I'm never going to do that again. That was awful. But for me, I'm like, I I've heard and seen how painful the bee sting can be to people. I'm just like, no, I'm not, I will do whatever it takes to stay the heck away from bees, which is why I run like a child when I see them and hear them. 
So, I mean, I don't do that with sin, unfortunately. I wish I did. I should probably start applying that to my life. But like, that's the same image of like, okay, I've seen what this does. And that's in the Psalms. I think it's like, uh, you have only to look to see how the wicked are repaid. Like, not well, but just look. So run the other direction. Like, don't go towards sin. Don't be like, I can handle this. Like, you can't, unless, I mean, like by the grace of God, maybe, but not by yourself for sure. I think culture today also like is the exact opposite to some degree. Like yeah. a lot of sin is glorified in today's culture. And that's something that oh, I struggled sure. with. I struggled with yeah. that for a very long time yeah. growing up, like with music I was listening to or TV shows I was watching. I was like, Oh my gosh, look at these guys. They are living the life. Like they are mm. thriving. Like they are like the chosen of the world. And then you go into the world and you're like, Oh, th- these are all the things that they say are going to make me happy. Yeah. Like, I need to go do this. I need to go do that. Oh, there's some of that. I want that too you go do all the things that they sing about or that they joke about and then you get to it and you're like, Oh, why, why isn't this making me happy? Like, why do I feel guilty after this? Or why am I sad after this? It's mm-hmm. like, Cause it's just, it's falsified. It's yeah. It's and then when you change, you like move, you change your life around, it sticks with you. Then it's like, Oh, that was like so bad and, and like kind of gross or whatever. And I feel gross for being done. And just, it starts to stick with you as you move towards a life of, of holiness. And then, can kind of be haunting in a way that you're it keeps popping back up you're like why won't this stupid memory go away like i don't do that anymore but it's still it keeps coming back to remind me of like hey you're so bad like oh it's so bad and it's like it's the devil like kind of prodding at our minds or it's like god like maybe trying to encourage us to be more kind of horrified maybe with the sin that we are committing at the present time but i don't know that's just a riff that is a perfect description of the last three years of my spiritual journey, to be completely honest. Um, oh. I mean, you know a lot about me, yeah. um, but just my path to holiness and my path from the church to kind of away from the church to kind of back into the church has been just one big flood of like memories and like, you idiot. Like, why'd you do that stuff? Like, come on. Um, or like, just almost feeling like not worthy. Like, man, these memories still come up. Like maybe I'm not over that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm still that person. Like if I'm still thinking about that, like maybe I'm still that person. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what you had said is like exactly right. Like the devil just knows the effect of that on us and is of course going to use it against us. Um, but you know, one of the things that father Chase said was like, you know, the devil like does that and he's very effective and he can really make you feel it, mm-hmm. but it's kind of his only trick. You know, that, that's like all he can do with them is instigate the feelings. Like he can only instigate the memories. Like, that's really all you can do. And it's like, once you know that you can fight it, actually, you can more effectively combat that. It doesn't make it any easier, (laughs) but once you start to understand the game plan that's being used against you, you can start to make those preventative motions to kind of take steps forward to grow. Yeah. St. Ignatius calls the devil a, like a general in war where he, he seeks around the, the battlements and looks for the weakest point and then attacks that point. So if like, you know, we have, you know, a hard time with, believe in our own progress or, you know, we want to be perfect and kind of that's our, our weak link. He'll attack that. He'll just go after that one point. But yeah, I think I heard someone say with one of the, his, my vocation director told me like, God's not, or God is creative. The devil is not. The devil is, is uncreative. He only has one trick. (laughs) He just does the same thing over and over again, but God can create new and bring newness of life to us. So it's like, yeah, this, this is better. Let's go, let's go with God over here and not the devil's like little one, one trick pony. Yeah, perfect. Um, but yeah, even going away from like the spiritual aspect of it, like, you know, we've I've had this conversation with you and Father Chase has talked to both of us about this in the past of, you know, why don't these memories go away? Like, mm. not from a spiritual standpoint. Yes, 
they are sometimes a gift from God. And yes, they are temptations from the devil at times. Like scientifically, like why are these memories Mm. so vivid in our brains? Like, why can we put ourselves in these situations that happened six, 10, 15 years ago? Like, why can we still close our eyes and be there in the moment? Um, And one of the things he talks about is uh, this idea of like the serotonin burn. Um, Yeah. And it's like when you have like certain sins, like when there's a lot of joy or like a lot of happiness, or like when you're doing things that are, major in life um whether it's like chastity wise or just like socially or really anything um a large amount of serotonin is released in your brain mm-hmm. and when that happens creates burns in your brain of memories um and it physically doesn't let you forget these memories um and so it's not like a oh i can't forget these because i'm a bad person it's like no you did these things and they were significant then and they are still significant now because your brain chemically changed, like your brain chemically released these chemicals of ser- serotonin, yeah. burnt a spot in your brain. It was like, this is, it's like the whole inside out, like a core memory. Oh you know, yeah. Like, that. Um, like you have those memories that you go back to because they were so significant then. Mm-hmm. And like biologically speaking, like your body doesn't let go of them. Yeah. And we're body soul. We're not just soul. So like we have to pay attention to like how the body works and how these things happen to like, even have a little bit of mercy and patience with ourselves in these things instead of being like, well, I'm such a bad person and I need to like be better now. It's like, well, patience, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna take a little time. So yeah, be merciful with yourself. But I think, yeah. And I think it's cool to see that, that that's how the, the brain interacts with these experiences. Um, because like when they do come up, they can be very vivid um like these memories can be very very powerful and it, it's tempting them because they are so like clear and strong and and present to us to think that like and we know we're not there right but like we feel like i'm back there i'm reliving that moment again um and i can really like you know even extrapolate a little bit like you know what went on um but in reality it's like it's not the case like we're not back there and uh, God doesn't even necessarily want us to do that. Like when we talk about praying with memories or praying for healing of memories um, and past sin, it's not about just going back, reliving it and being like, okay, I kind of like got it out of my system. I kind of like, you know, really exposure therapy. I just kind of like went into it and then like saw it, felt it. And then, you know, gone. It's like, no, it's about experiencing it with God such that you've brought, you invited Jesus Christ into that memory, into that place. And you're now looking at him during that moment of seeing like, how did this affect your heart, Jesus? Cause that's where that, like the horror of sin really comes is like, I know how this hurt you. And I see how like what I did with this person or like to myself or whatever affected you. And that's, what's going to cause me to change. Cause we change most likely we talk about this on the joy podcast, but like because of relationship, because of an other, not because of our own willpower, just to change. So we have to be there with Jesus. It has to be with him and it has to be about him. <laughs> not just for our own like self-improvement project. Yeah, that is, that's beautiful. I needed to hear that today, John. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I needed to hear that like all of last week and it was great. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, kind of going off that too. Um, another thing that you and I've discussed kind of in relation to this, of like, you know, suddenly I'm back in that moment, you know, reliving that and like yeah. you, you are that person. And you and I both talked about this like idea of like overcompensating to show that we aren't that person. Like, oh, I need to go back and apologize to that person. Oh, gosh. That's a specific thing that you and I talked about. Yeah. (laughs) That's as as deep into that as we'll get. But the idea of like, (laughs) 
<laughs> the idea of like, I need to go to apologize to that person. Or like, I need to go say something to someone or I need to go do the exact opposite. Yeah. Like, if I disrespected someone, I need to go serve someone. Like, you have to go do the exact opposite just because the memory came up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that idea of just overcompensating and how damaging that can be and also like how twisted it can be. Because it's yeah. like, I remember you and I thought it's like, oh, you want to do this, but like, do you really want to do it because you want to help the other person? Yeah, what's them? the intention? Or do you want to do it just because you really care about how you look? Like, you, exactly. you want them to be like, oh, look at Michael. He's a good guy now. Like, you turned his yeah. life into good work, guy. Like, I'm proud of you. Like, I'm, I'm not mad at you anymore. No grudge. Like, we're, we're good. You're a good person now. Yeah. Spoiler alert for uh, next week's topic on vanity. Uh, vanity. Yes, Teaser we'll be, trailer. We'll be talking strictly about bathroom furniture um all the makeup counters you know all the good stuff i forgot that's what those are called oh my gosh i've been serious i was saving that i've been saving that joke for like oh Oh my god ever since you said we were gonna do vanity i cannot wait to make that joke (laughs) oh crap okay all right we're back um no but it's it's true. Like, what is our intention? Like, what are we, what are we really doing that for? Cause it can be good. Right. But I think the, what you said about it being, it can get twisted really quickly is what's dangerous about it. Like it can be good to like, and sometimes you do need to go to that person and just like seek forgiveness or like ask them, like, like kind of instigate a way for them to apologize to you because like they might need that. Um, I don't really know how you do that, but there are times that, that needs to happen. But either way, like there's a need for reconciliation maybe. And that's a good thing but it has to come from the right place. But oftentimes I think you're right. It comes from a place of like, I just want to like make sure they know that I'm a good person. I'm not that way anymore. It's usually I, I, the way you can tell the difference too, is usually the, the latter is very rash and yeah, yeah. impulsive. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, I'm in this, I feel all this right now. I should go text them right now. Right. Like, yeah. I should call them right now. Yeah. Like, no, usually if it's something that you really need to do, it should be gradual oncoming, growing in strength. It shouldn't just be like for the past 10 minutes, I just cannot stop thinking about talking to that person because I need them to, I need them to forgive me or like, I need to like offer forgiveness to them. It's like, okay, take a yeah. step back, like sleep on it. Do you still yeah. feel that way in the morning? <laughs> yeah. Or are you like, oh, that was just kind of me being angsty for 15 minutes. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if this person just like knew how great I was now? And like, I've totally changed. I should text them. It's like, mm, hang on a second there. Yeah. Not, not the best idea. Yeah, but it does also beg the question of like, what do you do then? Um, and that's something that I've just tossed and turned with the most. I think what you kind of said, hit it on the head to some degree of, you know, when you enter into these memories, not entering into them solely just in your own shoes of like, okay, what was the effect uh, on me and on the people around me? And how can I not do that again? How can I change? How can I avoid all those mistakes? It's like, no again, like you said, it doesn't usually work then. Usually you kind of fall right next in the same temptation. Yeah. Um, but when you understand the gravity and like mm-hmm. you understand the other as in Jesus and the gravity of the hurt that you caused him, because mm-hmm. the hurt you might have caused yourself and caused others around you is maybe severe, maybe extremely yeah. severe. But knowing who God is and knowing who Jesus is mm-hmm. and the way his heart is, like how much more severe that hurt must have been. And when right. you come into like, the grander context of what it did to him mm-hmm. that's when you can actually have that change in mindset you're not just growing like you're not like a self-improvement project anymore yeah. like you are being improved by christ not just by yourself mm. figuring out like we're not like a diy challenge like <laughs> let jesus do it yeah no yeah i mean it's um it's it's tough to 
uh, to not fall into that trap of, um, and I apologize if I made it sound this way, but it's not like a one and done thing. You don't just like go to that memory and then like, all right, like I did it for 15 minutes and I feel so much better about it. It's like, this takes time, like lots and lots of time and it's difficult. Um, I really wouldn't recommend doing it alone, honestly. Um, not even I would recommend having a spiritual director if you're going to do that or find a priest that you are comfortable with and like talk with them about what that memory was, how to enter into that with Jesus and then talk with them about your experience and going into that because it's not something you should ever go into alone because uh, at least when I did it, the, the exercise is you're, you're praying for the grace that Ignatius talks about. You're praying for shame and confusion. That's what you're praying for. That's what you're asking to receive from God is shame and confusion over your sins. Um, and if you ever felt ashamed or confused, those are not good feelings. You don't feel good about yourself when you're ashamed and confused. So you can be feeling pretty desolate and uh, down on yourself and kind of, uh, it's very despairing, honestly. So, but the thing is, it's a grace from God because it's a gift from him and it's, it doesn't feel good, but it's still a gift. Um, so I would recommend if you're, if you're new to that, I would say find a priest, um, talk to them about it and really work through that slowly because it takes a lot of time. It's not going to be like a quick fix like we like. So just a little word of caution. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good, good distinction. Um, yeah. And even outside of doing that, like, yeah, walking into the memory, having a spiritual director to guide you so important, but sometimes you just need a quick fix. You know, sometimes it's, just, it's not worth despairing over these old memories. And it's like, you know, what do I do when I'm feeling these? Like, yeah. You know, this has just made me miserable all day. Like, why can't I just get this out of my head? Like, how can I combat this? Because maybe you are w- wanting to work on that. Maybe you do want to revisit those memories. Uh-huh. There's a difference between wanting to revisit them and battle them mm-hmm. and letting them consume you. Mm, yeah. And yeah. letting them just overwhelm your day, overwhelm your night. But, you know, what do you do to actually combat that? Um, yeah. And again, the wise words of Father Chase, because this is just a regurgitated conversation I had with him. <laughs> Um, one of the things he told me very simple was just laugh, like audibly make yourself laugh, even if there's nothing funny happening. Cause usually it's not, if you're really being tempted in that, yeah. um, but it's like audibly make yourself laugh because the devil can't be joyful. Like he can't be. And so if you fight him with laughter, like you're directly just fighting him with joy, mm. how can he combat that? That's really um, beautiful. And the second thing, um, this is kind of ironic cause I know I'm like a big macho, macho, like, oh, bravery, patriotism, fighting. Like, that's always me. I'm like, I always America. love, I love the people and like the people in the church who are like, just those like, you know, people who just suck it up and just get it done. Like, you know, the fighters, like those are my favorite stories, like those inspiring heroic saints. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, uh, I don't know who actually said it. I wish I could remember this quote. I'm going to butcher it anyways, because I don't care. It was like, don't be so foolish to be brave. I think it is. I don't know mm. who said it or if it's even a real quote. I think it is though. Um, but more so it's just like knowing when to walk away. Like, yeah, don't enter into these things for the sake of just entering into them. Like uh-huh. if it's too much, just know when to just do a little sign of the cross, walk away, go distract yourself, go work out, go watch YouTube, like take your mind off of it don't feel like just because these memories are coming up that you have to fight them right then, right then, like right now, right then. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. And even like, I think a lot of saints will talk about that. Um, of like, just flee, flee into the arms of God. 
Like there's no reason to like stand up by yourself and be like, I've got this. I will like go into the darkness alone and, and handle this all by myself. But like, yeah, laugh and then run into the arms of God. Like laugh with joy that you're like, I can just hop and like, be a child. Honestly, like be a child and jump in your father's arms. There's nothing better than that. Like no child when it's is confronted with like something dangerous and scary and frightening is like, I've got this. They're like, bye-bye. <laughs> like I'm out of here. I'm running to my dad or my mom. Like I'm just, I'm gone. So yeah, like it's, it's wise advice to do so. Um, and yeah, I think just to like practicing that in, in the everyday, right. Cause you need like a quick fix or whatever. Um, Cause you might not have the time to really like work on it or you are working on it maybe, but it's like a slower process. Um, always little things first, right? Like these things build and form habits. So if you can build up that habit, like working on that every day of like, or however often it comes up to just laugh and to see what the devil's doing, it'll be much easier to enter into that sin uh, at peace and not like kind of worry like, oh, where's he at? Where's he going to come and attack me from? Because like, I know I'm confident with Jesus that I can just laugh at this and, and be comfortable with him where he's at with me in this. So I think that's really good advice. You know? It's also, you just kind of described the root of sin though too. And the root of like really why I think that humanity, like how we fall back into past sins, um, even through these memories is just this idea of like, you know what? I can't stand up and fight this because I am self-sufficient. I am strong. I have grown. I am much holier now. I'm a much better person now. I can yeah. do this. And I mean, the entire reason that we fall back into sin is because there's a, too great of a dependence on our own will, too much of a yeah. dependence on our own self of, you know what? I can do this. I'm self-sufficient. And when you sin, yeah. it's like, oh, I'm not, am I? I actually need you, God. I forgot. Like, Sorry. And it's that idea of like, you know, as, as little kids, like when little kids think there's a monster under their bed, what do they do? They don't go look under the bed themselves. Typically, maybe they do. I, I never did. I screamed. They, they either scream until their parents come or they jump out of bed and sprint down the hallway to their parents' room or like, please protect me. Please go look under my bed for me. Like, I don't want to fight that monster. Could yeah. you? Oof. Um, and it's the same idea of like, you know, you kind of describe the devil as being like a general in battle. It's like, okay, well, if we have the army who are we fighting alongside? Like, it's not like we, our own selves are, have our own barricade of 50 square miles, just like, and we're the only protector. Like we have, God, we have Jesus. Like we have the army of angels, like all of these defenders who want to fight alongside us, yeah. but we have to run to their protection. Like we have to run into their arms and allow them to actually protect us. Instead of just saying, you know, yep, stand back boys. I got this. Like, no, I'm not going to for you. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's ever gone well in the history of anything, like standing up and being like, oh, no, 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 I got this. And then it's just like total, total mess immediately after that. Yeah, not a good idea. Nope. But yeah, that's all I, that's all I have on this topic, honestly. I don't have much to say, but it's been rocking me for the last two weeks. No, I think it's good. And I think it's good for, for us to think about it uh, and be aware of that it's happening. Like these are like things that, that come up I just, I think I really appreciated that the comment about like the biology thing. Cause it's just, it's important to be patient with yourself. Cause a lot of people have like memories that are, that are difficult. Um, maybe not even necessarily sinful ones. Um, which I guess is a little off topic, but just to say like, be patient with yourself. Okay. Like these things take time. If it pops up again, it's like your progress is not muted by that one time that it popped up. Um, and really like threw you for a loop. It's like, the progress bar has still moved forward. You are still moving in the, in the forward direction towards God. It's not like, oh, back to square one here. I'm like, totally failed, drop the ball. It's like, no, it's not like an egg race or something like that where you have to go back and get the egg again and start carefully treading the, the ground to get there. It's 
it's fine all good yep you're not suffering just for the sake of suffering through those memories you're, no and it's not because you're doing something wrong in the spiritual life it's because we are body and soul yeah. there's going to be a little bit of an effect on both ends of it so you can't just solely focus on the soul and completely ignore the biological side good stuff i like that the work but uh work yeah again that's all we got everyone but uh pray for us we'll be praying for you uh i don't i don't think you'll hear from us before the fourth of july after this so happy fourth of july enjoy freedom enjoy patriotism i will be for sure i'm writing an article (laughs) on freedom this week so get ready for that i saw a bald eagle today and it smelled like freedom Um, (laughs) it smelled in the air uh, oh my gosh. But again, right. we will see you guys later. Um, again, feel free to reach out with us with any questions. If you want us to expand on any of these topics, some of these things we go real deep and but sometimes it's a little brief. So if you want more explanations or anything, feel free to reach out to us at the catch cc at gmail.com. Again, you can reach out to us also for topic ideas. That is, if Christina McCormick doesn't uh, force us to do any topics against our will before that. Um, but again, that's all I got. Adios. Goodbye. Okay,